When you're infected with the Peloton, there's only one cure. Welcome to the Pelotonitis Podcast. Hello, everyone. Pelotonitis Podcast has come back from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) I know you had given up on us, but we have not given up. Not our loyal listeners. No way. They never Never. quit. (laughs) You're right. What was I thinking? That was very rude of me to think i felt really guilty okay that's anna i'm jeff (laughs) oh right i'm anna sorry we're we're chit-chatting in case in case you've forgotten who we are yeah it's been so long i felt really guilty about not starting until now thinking oh we're just lazy and doing all this stuff and then i heard all these racers that weren't starting their season until perry nice i thought well okay that's us we're just we're just waiting for the right moment to start that's right this way we can go strong (laughs) don't make promises well true but you know we're not wasting ourselves on those silly little early season racers races yeah we're starting with the big guns yep (laughs) yeah watching watching some of the you know tour of dubai and oman and all that i kind of wait you actually watched uh, i caught a little bit here and there (laughs) but it made me think okay the guys are out there they're racing the guys that are winning are taking it somewhat seriously but really for cycling that's our exhibition season oh it totally you know it's like i don't know it's just it's just too early to really take all that seriously but it is a tune-up and it is a way to work out the bugs and the kinks and so it's it's fun but yeah we decided this year not to really fire up the guns until now no i just i don't have the energy (laughs) or the bandwidth honestly to care about those races but it has helped because i my schedule seems to have settled down a little bit so i have i'm often free to watch the races which makes a huge difference in my motivation to want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) if i can see it's funny how that works yeah if I see the race, I don't mind. I want to talk about it. Anyway, but before we get to the races, we have just a few things to talk about. Um, first is probably the most disturbing news I've heard in a while, <laughs> and that is Contador is retiring. <laughs> Slated to retire. Well, he says he's going to retire next season. That next season's his last. But first, I need to talk a little bit about the fact that I'm even lamenting this. Like, <laughs> seems a little bit surreal because when I first heard about Anta Contador, he was like my sworn mortal enemy. <laughs> now, <laughs> I know I'm sad he's leaving. I wouldn't say you're his biggest fan, but you're up there. I would say now I'm one of his biggest fans. Right. But I was definitely his biggest enemy for a long time oh i didn't know that you knew that you didn't know that Uh, remember it was because he was like andy's nemesis (laughs) okay he he thwarted andy he stole andy's yellow jersey (laughs) stolen i know but then despite all of the drama and the controversy I just couldn't stay away. He was like 
uh, so appealing. He won your like, heart. As, yeah, as a writer, he is so appealing and like fun to watch. And he's passionate and he's just beautiful on the bike. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't love that guy. Just watching him race. <laughs> anyway, so he's retiring and I'm pretty sad about that. But it puts him close to 35, but, right? So, I mean, it's yeah. it kind of makes sense I mean, to leave towards the top instead of waiting it out like some people do. You know, and switching teams. And, and I think that's what he wants to do. Yeah. Which, as fans, it's, what, it's always hard to understand that. You know, we always want to see them go until they can't go anymore. But not, I don't know, not always, because, like... Well, and then they do, and then we get sad because it got ugly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. We think that we want them to stay until they can't right. ride anymore. But really, we don't because it's sad to kind of see them, like, to see their fading star, you know? Mm -hmm. Can I tell you something interesting I learned about Alberto? As I was watching like a GNC video with him, mm -hmm. like they were like riding with him, and he revealed that he sometimes will ride his bike like when he's climbing, he'll climb out of the saddle for like 20 minutes straight. Like that's part of his training. What an amateur. Just, like, doing. <laughs> <laughs> what a non-mercs <laughs> what does he think he's got to be out of the saddle all the time <laughs> what the hell <laughs> but that just kind of blew my mind like to spend 20 minutes climbing out of the saddle like I can barely do it for like one oh you know yeah because it takes so much like different muscles and I'm just you know not used to it but I was like maybe that should be part of my training is climbing 20 minutes out of the saddle that's what spin class is for right oh true do you think I could be as good as Alberto if I did that just go to the next spin class and take you know unhook the seat post and take the seat out oh. <laughs> and see how long you make it oh my god that would be a good test how long before I forget <laughs> and try and sit down <laughs> Wasn't there someone? And those are fixed too, right? Those are, you yeah. can't let up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. That would be uh -huh. interesting. There's no coasting <laughs> in spin class. Wasn't there somebody in a race one time, like his seat post got all wacky and like he didn't have a saddle anymore. Like the saddle was like facing backwards. So he literally couldn't sit down. Wow. I, no? Yeah, vaguely, I but I have that? a horrible memory. So mm -hmm. I could be making it up. No, you're not because I'm the one. I mean, you're, yeah, but I don't know if I really remember it or not. Anyway. Yeah. I'm sure it's I mean, happened. That was a thing. Yeah. I remember seeing the pictures of it. It definitely <laughs> happened. I just don't remember when or who or Yeah, it does, does sound vaguely familiar. Like yeah. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so he was forced to do it too. Yep. I don't know. I mean, that's why, that's why Alberto looks so pretty when he climbs out of the saddle because he does it so much unbelievable anyway so he signed one more year with ta tack off Cinco <laughs> <laughs> that's their new name by the way is it um the other 
Yeah, definitely. The other bad news is that Boonin crashed real hard yeah. at Perry Nice. Yeah. And now he's out. For I don't even know how long. It's pretty bad, wasn't it? Well, right. Yeah, it was. Uh, everybody thought broken collarbone, but I guess it was dislocated shoulder. And then later they found broken, yes. what'd they say, wrist? Something. I don't know. It was all very medical. I didn't understand. Okay. But yeah, and they, you know, now he's saying Let he's focusing on the world championships. It's like, okay, there's your season. That is like, <laughs> right, right. He one little crash at the very first season. He's out. Okay, already pronounced as having a broken left AC joint, a dislocated joint due to his stage or for bad news. Also, the fractured elbow. Okay. Ugh. Which is, yeah, we don't know what fractured, but somewhere around there. Fractured. No elbow. It said. Yeah, but humerus, radius, or ulna. Oh, God. You don't have an elbow bone. I want to get all technical about it. <laughs> Sorry. An elbow is an elbow. Okay. The Jeff. elbow bone's connected to the shoulder bone. <laughs> Got it. Or it just exists. But whatever. He's out for the season. And that's just another thing, you know, like one little crash. And it didn't even seem like it was a bad crash or anything, you know? He said it was a stupid crash. We were with four teammates in the back, and had just brought our jackets to the car. We took a nature break for the last time before heading to the front. But all of a sudden, there was a holdup. I had to do brake maneuver. But while braking, you cannot steer as your wheels you normally would. I touched my teammate's wheel and crashed. I mean, and that's the worst. Yeah. And it's, it did seem like they were... I mean, they're not, where they weren't ripping along, it was a little bit slower pace. And yeah, when you hit the ground sideways going slower, it's you get dropped. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's almost worse because you fall as opposed to like maybe if you're going high speed, you might slide a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Which might help like absorb some of the impact, I Definitely. guess. Definitely. I'm not scientific about it. That's just my hypothesis. No, that's that's a fact. Okay. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I mean, the high speed things, if, if you don't hit something, usually are less injurious than the slow speed. Hmm. Interesting. That makes sense, I guess. Because I mean, you've got gravity and the angle, and it's yeah. it's a hard slam. Yeah. But yeah, with nature break, like, and I'm just thinking one-handed braking, that, that's not a good move. Right. <gasps> that's a, that's oh. a panic. Oh, crap. Here we go. Plus... Yeah, I mean, if you're braking, you can't steer as well as you normally do. Oh, yay. So. so that's sad for his classics, but, you know, hopefully we'll see him come back earlier than the end of the World season. Um, yeah. Because he started off so well. I mean, he's yeah, been having a good year, so. I know. That's that's a drag. Might happen to happen to anybody, though, you know? Yep. Now, he's up there at 35, too, so he doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, more yeah. super fast years. Wait, how old is he? 35. 32? Oh, 35? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I thought you said he was 32, and I was like, really? Because that seemed young. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. He's 35. <laughs> 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 oh, yay. Um, so, all right. This other news, I was like, oh, I don't, do I want to talk about We're just about full this? of good news. Yeah, I Starting don't. off with such oh. good news. Huh? We're starting off with such good news. Such good news. Yeah. I know, right? We're really, we're really starting this off with a bang, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> Getting right back into yeah. it. Um, so Lamprey, how do you say it? Merida? Meridia? Um, has quit the MPCC over the Diego Uvisi case. And it seems to be that by MPCC rules, they need to drop him because of his investigation or like, what is it? Something about not renewing a contract. Like they can't renew his contract because his he's under investigation or something like that. Well, um, it was okay. So Lampre says that if you have a ban of longer than six months, a team can't sign you for another two years. So he, I guess it's kind of a catch 22 right. that if you fall in this weird thing of your contract renewing, you know, soon after your ban, cause he was banned for nine months and I guess it was time to renew his contract and they did. And he served out his nine month suspension or ban or whatever. Um, and then the MPCC mm-hmm. said, uh, you can't, you can't have him on your team. You can't start racing cause you can't sign him. And he's like, but he's on our team and he served his ban. So it's kind of, I don't know if it's a good rule, bad rule. My my take on it is I want to see how it falls out when other teams are hit by the same type of regulation. You know, what the other and teams in the MPCC end up doing over it. Because if they're on, you know, if anybody gets banned more than six months, it's it's like a two-year ban instead of a six-month ban. That's if your contract is up now if i guess if you had a four-year contract you could serve your ban and come back so does that encourage longer contracts that's weird and then if you're within you know one year of your contract ending are you just on pins and needles that something might get you banned i mean i don't know yet because it seems like it's been inconsistently enforced. And you had that good point um, with Horner. Um, that was, He was with Lamprey with there, right? Yeah. When, was that Lamprey? He was, he was on Lamprey, ready to start the Vuelta. His cortisol levels were higher than Too MPCC high. would allow, but not higher than what UCI WADA would allow. Right. Because of like an approved TUE for like an infection something, or something yeah. Like so, that. yeah, it wasn't like you know suspicious. So they held him out, and now it's like okay, this is too much. So another podcast was going on with a little bit of, I don't know. <laughs> they weren't huge fans of Horner, so <laughs> <laughs> they they were kind of laughing at the fact that you know that was. That was his thing, but oh, now it's God. now it's a different way, and we're out. 
you know, we're out of this stupid right. club. If it's Horner, it's fine. But if it's Ulysses, you, you know, they'll drop yeah. out for Ulysses, but not for Horner. <laughs> Which to me is kind of silly because oh, this is the Vuelta. You've got the previous winner, you know, and Ulysses is going to get you results, but come on. Yeah. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I just... I just don't think they I'm were very... all into Horner as much as... <laughs> Clearly not, no. <laughs> not that into you. We're just not that into you. <laughs> um, I feel like that you have a good... I'm just very interested to see, like you said, how other teams will react in the same situation. Plus, because it's got to come up. I mean, at some point. Yeah. Because that's, like, like you said, I mean, that's a really rough... It's essentially saying like a two year, unless, I mean, unless they want to find employment on a team that's not part of the MPCC, you know, obviously they could do that. I mean, that's kind of how I read it. I'm. It's just very interesting to me because it's like now it's like there's two groups of teams that kind of are each following different rules. And it just, that seems weird to me that one I don't know I still feel like there hasn't been enough challenge to the MPCC yet to have it tested you know because I'm still mm-hmm. not 100% convinced well, it's just... here for the long term I don't know not holding my right and the thing with this story was Anyway. We all want to look at Lamper Meridia and say, oh, yeah, they're Italian. They're a bunch of cheaters, and this was all just a show, and now they're going to wimp out and be the first to bail. But I kind of don't see it that way. I think, you know, they they make these tough rules, but they've got to be challenged at some point. And maybe this isn't such a great rule, or maybe it is. So, yeah, I'm kind of holding my That's holding true. back and That's true too. see what what the fallout is when other people come up against it. I think that is a very good point. And just because there's one maybe not so great rule, I don't know. You can't just assume that every rule that they put in place is automatically like really good. So maybe there do need to be some changes. So I guess that's, that's a good way to look at it. Right. Slightly more optimistic. Like, yeah. And I think it'll be interesting to see how it holds up to changes, to challenges. Sorry. That's us, like right? You said. Optimistic to the core. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Let's move to racing. Racing. So, oh boy. Racing. Two weeks ago was the first I would say first official race of the season Umloop at Noah's Blood what about you would you say that that's the first official race in your mind or is there another one I think so yeah that's when I don't know it's cold and wet and Belgium and you're looking for racing that's the real season that's right true the real season it is, and it was a great race to start off the real season, let's be honest. It was great. It was yes. like drama and intrigue and a surprise winner and angry Belgians 
you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So just just to sort of remind you of what happened in that race, because I need to remind myself it was so long ago. I mean, basically, the important thing to know is that in the last 40, pretty much the last 40 kilometers, which, you know, is a really big portion of the race, um, was just Terpstra, Boonin, Stin, Vandenberg, and all on Edix Quickstep against uh, Ian Standard of Sky. Right. So it was a break of four, three Edix guys against one Sky. So Edix is going to win, of course. (laughs) It's three against one. It's a given. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's Terpstra, Boonin, Vandenberg. Like, these aren't, you know, these aren't no jokers. You know, these are legit. Right. These are legit dudes. <laughs> get, get three gonna, aces you know, to your... They win classic yeah. races. That's... And they know how to do it. <laughs> they do. Except when they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, it was the four of them... Oh, it was some really questionable tactics or lack of tactics from the quick step guys that was to me was quite confusing and I'm not even a tactics expert but it just seemed a little weird but it ended up like Tom put in a big attack but Ian was able to kind of pull him down and then after that big attack Tom was just useless he that was clearly his only his only surge he had in him because mm-hmm. he almost dropped off, you know, the rest of the race. And then Terpstra went. And, of course, didn't... I'm sorry. Um, uh, well, Terpstra and Vandenberg kind of went at the same time. Yeah, that's that's what was weird to me. Yeah, which also seems weird. Like why? And Stannard was able to close that down. And it ended up basically being a sprint between Terpstra and Stannard. And Terpstra just, I don't know. Left it too late. Well, I read an article where he was kind of like, yeah, normally 200 meters is fine. Like, I can sprint out 200 meters, but, you know, we had just been going full gas for an hour previous, and I just didn't have it mm-hmm. anymore. So, I think Terpstra underestimated his, how much he had left in his legs. He overestimated, sorry, how much he had left in his legs. And maybe if he and had I realized... Think I th- he might have started the sprint later and then maybe he could have won. Right. And I think what we as fans underestimated was how tired these guys were from holding off the chasing group for 40 K. I mean, the three of them were dragging standard for, you know, a long time, which, and standard didn't have to do a darn thing. And all of us are thinking, Oh, it's three against one. They can play their tactics. They can be smart and they can, you know, there's no way Standard can win this. But surprise, surprise. I, you know, they were just way more tired, and maybe not thinking clearly, but also, you know, for the attacks to come, they weren't as strong as they needed to be to pull that kind of move. And there's a lot of Monday morning quarterback with, well, they should have done this, and Tom should have just sat on Standard and. You know, just waited for the sprint, which, yeah, we can all say, yeah, they could have done this, but they were tired. Exactly. And I, first of all, like the chase was only like 20 seconds behind. It really wasn't that, it was pretty close. So, yeah. 
you're right that those three guys basically had to work as hard as they could, you know, to make sure they did. Well, and the chase was dragging Stebar back up to him. That's that was the fun part. And that also seemed weird. Like if Stebar's in the group, but they must have been. They must have been more nervous about other. I don't even remember who was in that second group, but clearly they were more nervous about other people in the group or else maybe they would have let them catch and then they would have had four. Uh, I thought it was interesting because Tom kind of indicated in an interview, he was like, perhaps we should have waited for the sprint, but he kind of was like, but he had race brain from going all out for, you know, like the last (laughs) hour. And I was like, that is a really good way to put it. Like, you know, you have been emptying your tank for an hour. You can't like all of a sudden... It's a lot harder to make logical and, you know, sound tactical decisions when your brain is practically empty as much as your legs are. The other interesting thing, obviously, was that Lefebvre was all upset oh, that, that standard didn't work for him. <laughs> work in the break. <laughs> you, you thought that it was, was great that control. he said that? 100%. Was, it was like, I guess, but like if all the other, like, Tom and Stan, like anybody, everybody else was like, no, no, that's, no. <laughs> Standard did exactly what yeah, any of the had, other guys would yeah, have done. He had one card to play and that was it. Sit in and maybe they won't get caught. Even if they do get caught, it's only, was it seven guys at that point? Right. Yeah, it wasn't even a big group or anything like that. So it was interesting because, I, I mean, I thought that like, like, Standard helping. Standard said in an interview I read that because the chase group was only 20 seconds behind, the four edX guys didn't really want to attack that hard. Like they were afraid if they, it sounded to me like if they would have, if they were attacking all the time, that means they can't put forth that consistent effort that is required to stay ahead of a chase group. So they didn't want to attack a lot. So, it's like standard. I mean, it was really, there was everything. It was, it goes against everything that's in his best interest for him to actually even contribute to the chase, to mm-hmm. the, sorry, to the breakaway. Because if he kills himself to like stay away, he can't respond to attacks. But if he does, but if the break gets a bigger gap because he's working so hard, then those three guys probably would have attacked him a lot more. Right. Cause they would have been fresher. So really, there's no reason why it would None have been. None whatsoever. Except the idea of honor in Patrick Lefebvre's brain. <laughs> he was dishonorable. <laughs> just sitting there not contributing. <laughs> oh, right. And you know that if it had been, if the situation had been reversed, it had been three Sky Guys and one Edix Guy. And if that Edix Guy had tried to, tried to like do any sort of like pulling, you know, he probably would have blown a gasket like what are you doing that's a terrible idea i mean the finish though was so great if we had a storefront where we sold little pelotonitis things i would make up two motivational posters (laughs) one with the three edX guys saying it ain't over till it's over (laughs) you know don't count your chickens before they hatch and then (laughs) exactly one of standard just saying you know never give up because crazy things can happen so yeah it's just such a great lesson from both sides 
I feel like the concept is there, but perhaps the uh, quote needs a oh, little we'll, bit of work. We'll work on that, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So that, that's just your rough idea. That's, it needs to be yeah, polished. Definitely. Um, so, let's see. Anything else to say about that one? Anyway. Just a great race. Yeah, that was... It was a very great race. And I think now reading about it a little bit more, reading the reactions, it makes a little bit of sense, like, why they did what they did. Like, it seemed totally ridiculous at the time. Like, everyone was like, what is happening? It was interesting because, like, generally the whole internet wasn't in agreement <laughs> that <laughs> they was in agreement. It's like, first of all, like, why, what happened that edX didn't win? And second of all... Stanner did exactly what he should have done. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Terpster <laughs> should have gone at six to go and just taken off. He yeah. should have been the first to attack. I think Vandenberg should have been second. I think Boonin should have just sat on Standard's wheel if it came down to a sprint. Yeah. And that's what that's what Tom yeah. <laughs> exactly, and that's what Boonin said. Basically, he said we should have just waited. Or the four of us, we should have just waited until the sprint. Like, everybody waits until the sprint. Instead of, like, this sort of hodgepodge of attacks slash sprints slash whatever. I guess, yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. Um, great race to start. Uh, the season. And then it was KBK the next day. And I have to say, <laughs> it was really not that interesting <laughs> compared to Umloop. It just felt very routine. I don't know. I didn't. I had a hard time getting excited about it because well, it was just sort of a typical race. Typical situation. sprinter's race that you hope something will change, but it didn't this time. So it was a sprinter's race. Well, it was it was a sprinter's race because Edix played it perfectly this mm-hmm. time. So they did it exactly how they should have. I hope you fooled again. Which was... No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Lefebvre probably put the fear of God into them. So... Uh, so really, they just kind of sat in with the last group. You know, there was, they were all there with Cav, whatever. They were just protecting their man. They weren't doing a lot of chasing. They kind of let everybody else chase, and then they just gave him a perfect lead out, and it worked well. That was the only. That was the textbook lead out too. That was great. Yeah. It, yeah, absolutely. And the only interesting thing that happened was Gilbert <laughs> 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 made a last ditch attack. I don't even know how many cases left, but that was pretty much the only interesting thing that happened in the last, I don't know, 10 days. I know that attack has worked for other riders. Has it ever worked for Gilbert? <laughs> I don't I know. I can't remember one. <laughs> I, I don't know. He just doesn't seem like a long, long range attack kind of guy. Damn it. One day it's going to work. Well, that's what he keeps hoping yeah. anyway. <laughs> Okay, so then the weekend after that um, was Strada Bianca, and that was a pretty exciting race. Let's see, I'm trying to decide if it was more or less exciting than, like, how it compared to Umloop. Ooh. See, that one I wasn't able to watch live, but I did watch some of the, you know, follow-up videos. And... Yeah. It was more confusing yeah, to watch. Yeah. Like, it was one where there was, like, Lots of different groups going off the front. First, it's this group, and then it's that group, and then it's this group, and then it's that group, and then you have this chase group, and da 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 da. You know, so I had a harder time following it. Like, up until the last, 
let's see. I don't even know when. I don't, I have no idea when, but it ended up, I don't know. I mean, not far out of the town. They were still pretty spread out. No, no. Right. It was pretty close to the town, but it ended up being Valverde, Van Avermaet, and Steve Mm -hmm. R. Those were kind of the final three, but it took a long time to get that. Like that wasn't like 40K, like an umloop, you know? So, I mean, it kind of started with, so it kind of started at 50K left. And it was basically just like the big boys were kind of all together in a group. Um, and then Sagan attacked. Um, and I think he might have even attacked at the same place he attacked last year. Or that maybe I'm not remembering correctly. Because he won this race last year. Um, so Sagan goes and he brings like Valverde and Stebar with him. But that one was brought back just like a group of nine mm-hmm. uh and second actually had a hard time keeping up with the pace um he ended up falling off the back um Cancellara as well like i'm not sure exactly what happened but like if he went too soon or i don't know if he just wasn't yeah, on he today would, but he would look strong and then he, he was would be kind of yo-yoing back. yeah yeah from one group to the other yep He'd be in the lead group and then the chase group and then the lead group and then stuck in the middle. You know, like, yeah. he was just kind of all over the place. Um, Sagan pretty much, I mean, when he was done, he was done. Like, that was it with him. So, it ended up being Valverde, Van Avermaet, and Stebar. So, but there was a chase group, like, right on their heels, you know. So, there wasn't a lot of time for dicking around. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I know the van one that we could not remember was Van Mark. It was a Van Mark in the second group with Steve Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember, because they were saying in uh, Umloop, I believe it was Van Mark, they were saying, oh, he was like the strongest guy of the day, but I think he had a flat or had some sort of something that caused him to not be able to stay with the front group or to go when they went. And then he was kind of off today. Got it. So... So, I fucking love the finish of this race. Like, you're winding (laughs) through that town, these small roads. It's so steep. Like, and you're, I mean, I just love this finish. It's an insane finish. Like, the way it kind of, like, winds. Yeah, it is. It's just, and it's such a, it's so dramatic, Mm -hmm. you know? Because you're like winding your way and then you kind of, oh, you burst into this like plaza and there's the finish, you know. (laughs) The whole time you're kind of like, it feels like you're winding through a castle or like castle walls, like trying to find a maze to get to the treasure. And then you get to the treasure and you win. (laughs) Um, So ended up being those three. And I got to say, my money was on Valverde. Like I thought like Valverde, he generally does well on finishes like that Hmm. those sort of like you know steep i don't know that's my impression anyway of him maybe i'm totally off base but that's it's valid yeah 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 so my money was on him i was like i think i was just trying not to get my hopes up because i really wanted steve art to win but like i just didn't really i just like don't get your hopes up you know so i was (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to I don't know, jinx him by putting my 
putting my eggs in his basket. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he, it kind of started. So they were in the city walls and Van Avermaet attacked and Stebar kind of let Valverde chase him yeah, back. Yeah. And then after that, Valverde just kind of faded. Like he just did not have the legs or he was just out of gas or something. But he, after he brought him back, like that was it, you know, um, Stebar kind of rode with Van Avermaet for a little bit. And then when there's like a little flattish section, like he attacked and that was it. And Van Avermaet couldn't keep up. So I was very, very pleased with the results. Such a long uphill drag. Yeah. The guys, it's, uh, it's oh reminding me of something else. So I can't long. remember what finish it is, but it's such a long thing and everybody wants it. And so many guys go too early and then fade, you know, does LBL have a finish I'm, like that? I'm thinking that, yeah, yeah. Because I always only remember that because <laughs> it was you saw the panda. Who was it? That was was that it, was LBL. Hijal. Um, that was Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Martin. Yeah. Which Martin? Dan Martin. Dan Martin. <laughs> I was like the Garmin Martin. Not Tony. Yeah. I know it's not Tony. No, it wasn't Tony Martin. Right, the Garmin Martin. No, no, no. Yeah, I was like, no, that's not right. Um, yeah. So that's why I think I can always, generally I can't remember finishes for shit, but because that's kind of seared into my brain of like, I just him like slogging up this like really long climb, like headed to the finish and there's this panda because, behind him. Yeah. And those, you know, the whole race is to see who gets to the bottom first. And then the yeah. guy that's at the bottom first and attacking always fades too early and somebody else takes over, and then there's like there's four lead guy. changes before the finish. <laughs> wow. Yep. But yep. See, I see Strada Bianca as having a uh, growing momentum in. I think it's going to gain popularity year to year, and it's. Oh, I absolutely. think absolutely. Yep, it has finish. the potential to be up there. You know, it's a Perry Roubaix style. Duke it out. Mm. You know, crazy things can happen out there. And then the finish is beautiful. So, yeah, I think over the years that's going to be a bigger and bigger race. I mean, I would say it's almost. That's certainly not. I don't know. I'd say it's close now. I think it's very popular. I think the the finish is so dramatic. Mm-hmm. Like the finishing stretch is so dramatic. Plus the gravel, really like the gravel roads, really throw in a, a fun twist. Right. So I'd say it's, you know, yep. almost there. It's perfectly positioned too in terms of the calendar. Oh, yeah. You know, it happens yeah. after L- LBL and it's like kind of before Perry-Nice. So it's like perfectly positioned to be like a good race to ride. You know, it doesn't really clash with any other big races. KBK. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the donkey race. That's when they get a stuffed donkey when they win. <laughs> oh, man. So that was great fun. Wonderful to watch. Um, and then it was Perry Nice, which finished today. And I don't even know who won. I've been so busy today. I didn't, haven't even looked. You didn't so look. So you'll have to clue me in on that. Do you want me to? No, I haven't even do looked. Do you want me to spoiler? 
Yeah, you can Spoiled tell me. You. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell me. Richie Port crushed the wait. uphill time trial. Really? Yeah. And I guess that's not surprising. Knocks Gallopan off the podium completely. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that was sad. Poor dude. That is kind of sad. <laughs> what about Kwiatkowski? Where did he, he end up? He came in second. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's really and, good. Yeah, he had a good day. Now, I can't... And Simon Spielak, which I would say was the revelation of Perry Nice, as far as wow. that guy that's consistently there, but never at the top, but all of a sudden, you know, he's he's on the podium, so... <laughs> you always hear his name, but he's never quite winning anything. Right. Mainly because it's... I mean, how, Spielak, what a great name. <laughs> But he, I don't know. He impressed me the whole week. Just yeah. had a had a strong time trial, and you know, strong in the climbs. So yeah, he well, like Kwiatkowski did a couple of years ago. I think right. So I don't know. So I'm always thinking of the fantasy team. Is Quit Spielax earning his spot? <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the important thing. Um, right, the important things. Yeah. Um, what? Now, is Kwiatkowski like a time trialist? I don't really know. I mean, Port, yeah. Oh, what would you call but, him? I don't I don't think a time trialist is a pure time trialist. No. He's he's the guy that can win a classic. He's more of a climber. And win a short grand tour. Or not a short grand tour. I mean, a one-week mm. tour. <laughs> short grand tour. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't a new exist. Term. If it's not a grand tour... Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry about that. You just made a new category of race. <laughs> the races that Anna loves, the one week. Uh... Ugh. I just cannot get invested. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just. See, I, I really know. enjoyed Paris this year about them. because of the variety. I mean, it had a couple flat stages, yeah. had a couple, you know, good climbs, had a decent time trial, and it's it's like a mini version of a grand tour it is it is i just it's hard to get invested in the race because i just i don't know like the leaders jersey changes hands so much usually this one though i had to give you was a little bit interesting because like the sort of battle between kwiatkowski and port slash garen thomas Mm -hmm. so that was actually i thought that was probably the most interesting part of this race is just kind of seeing I honestly, Kwiatkowski, I thought he was going to, I thought he might take it. Mm-hmm. I, he was not as strong. Either he's not as strong as I think he is, or Port was stronger than I oh, thought. I think Port is not having the bad yet luck that he did last year. I, I just got the feeling that all of last year, yep. the expectation was That's the so one... much on Port to have this incredible season yeah. that, you know, and, and just luck was against him every single time. But I think so true. I think he's determined still. He hasn't given up, and this kind of showed it. He's, you know, not amazing, incredible Chris Froome fitness, but he's a deserving winner of this race, I think. Yeah, this Speak- is good. He is. He is. And I guess that's the one thing you can't train for is Lady Luck. <laughs> <laughs> my, my pal Lance Armstrong said, you make your own luck. Uh, is that Lance Armstrong or, or Clint Eastwood? Because it's not a little Clint Eastwood. 
Both of them. <laughs> same thing. Same guy. Uh, yeah, right. Same thing. You're right. Basically, there's basically the same person. Um. Oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, it's something really Sorry. interesting to say. Yeah. Maybe it'll come to me later. Um. Okay, so it was like started with a really boring time trial that was like ten seconds long. <laughs> the shortest prologue. Of I mean, come on. Prologues. Yes. Oh, I was like, I cannot get excited about this. I was like tweeting things like, <laughs> "Oh, so and so is out of the saddle now. Now he's climbing in the saddle. Oh, <laughs> he just made a left hand turn. I mean, this is over. Time trials." Right? As how do you tweet a live tweet a time trial? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So there's prologue and then stage one, two, three is sprint stages. Uh. Somewhat. One and two are sprint. I w- okay, so stage three is the one that I thought was the most exciting. And that it had that uphill classics type finish like we just chatted about. And that was Michael Matthews Orca team got him to the base of the climb in perfect position and he just flew up that thing and was you know challenged but there was no way anybody was coming around him it was hmm. it was the perfect way to finish that off and just how strong that guy is in an uphill uh, finish like that it made me think back and I had to look it up but it was stage 3 of last year's Vuelta that was an uphill finish, really similar. And that was one where leads were changing between Dan Martin and I think Rodriguez. And Matthews just came up out of nowhere and just took Dan Martin right on the line. And just how strong that... He does that. Hmm, yeah, how strong that guy is on, on those uphill finishes. Just really impressive. That was fun for me. Yeah, you're right. I guess he is kind of exciting on that. Uh Matthews is kind of fun. I feel like a lot of times it comes out of nowhere. And you're like, where the hell did he right. come from? But he's consistently enough to do that, that like, it's not always a surprise. You're like, oh yeah, Matthews, of course. <laughs> but so stage four was pretty good. I thought that was the most interesting stage to me. Um, support won the stage with Garrett Thomas, like right behind him. Yeah. But quick Husky got the yellow. That was the sky show of dominance stage. <laughs> yeah. God, Garrett Thomas. He's always so impressive to me. I mean, I've always seen him as a kind of a worker bee, but I don't know. Everyone kept saying, oh, him and Porat, they're sharing leadership duties, blah, blah. Which never works, but I'm like, I don't know. <sighs> I feel bad for Garrett because I just feel like if anybody else is there, like they're going to be the leader and he's going to be the, <laughs> uh, you know, the super domestique. <laughs> He'll be the froom to Port's Wiggins. He is, but he seems to have a much better attitude about it. He doesn't seem to care <laughs> <laughs> as much as others. What? Kwiatkowski. He's on Quick Step. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, so it ends up being what? Sky and Astana are battling it up the last climb. Astana sends Tiralongo up. And I always have a spoff's a soft spot for Tiralongo just because I just remember that one stage, it must have been of the tour maybe, where him and Contador are riding together like in the salt, like the finale bit and 
um not that like Conchador gave him the win but he just didn't contest the win at the top and it was like sort of to thank him oh yeah yeah for all of his service yeah. when he had been on Astana mm-hmm. I mean and by this time he had already moved to Sa- Saxo Tinkov <laughs> but I was like aw that was another thing that made me really like Alberto <laughs> what a guy what a guy anyway <laughs> So, right. So then Sky sends Thomas up after them, who brings Fuglesang, who's Astana. So that didn't work yeah, so it was well. Just, it was a good battle. Yeah. It, yeah, it was. And then Kwiatkowski kind of reacted and poor hopped on his wheel. And I just feel bad for Kwiatkowski because, like, how can... I mean, you can't win. I don't know. <laughs> if you have both Thomas and Port. I was confused. Like, why didn't Kwiatkowski have any teammates with him? It seemed like he was on his own. Or maybe, never mind. Maybe I'm thinking of stage six. Stage six, it felt like he was on okay. his own. Because that was when I thought it was going to be this big battle between Kwiatkowski and Port because they're only like one second apart. And I thought those two were going to be like, attack, 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 you know, like, oh, it's going to be amazing. But it's like, I th- I think when you're the GC leader of Edix Quick Step, you're used to not having people around you on the final climb. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying that there are a lot of climbers on Edix? Well, no, I mean the <laughs> when you base your team on winning sprints and classics, classics. and you're the the lone yeah. GC guy. Oh my gosh! Yes, you're you better be an opportunist. All right. <laughs> He's an awesome rider, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if, like, Kwiatkowski just didn't have it in his legs to respond, or... I I don't know. Kwiatkowski was either not feeling good and didn't feel like he had the legs, or he was just kind of doing slow and steady, sort of like the Wiggins way. Because he ended up kind of coming back to them, catching up, but that was mainly because... I mean, Port had a little spill on the descent. It was like a while. I don't know if you saw the video of that, but it was very weird. Like, he just kind of like, it was wet and his back tire kind of slid out. So we're out. talking stage six And then, now. I mean, he kind of slid. Yeah, That's I'm okay. sorry. I totally I'm catching up to you. Um, <laughs> well, when they sh- Keep up, Jeff. When they up. showed that video again, he started pedaling through the turn and clipped his uh, right cleat, which lifted the back wheel up. Well... I was, oh, that could have been it. I wasn't looking that closely, but it was interesting because I was watching on on NBC and Maddie Keenan was like, you could see Thomas had, now he was also saying like Port is, you know, always has been kind of a cautious descender generally. Um, And Garrett Thomas was ahead of him and his back wheel kind of slid a little bit. Like it just kind of flicked. Okay. Like he didn't go or anything, but it was that. And so... Keenan hypothesized that seeing that, like, kind of put him, like, put him on edge. edge. And so he just wasn't, and so he just, he kind of crashed because he was, got super nervous all of a sudden or, like, anxious. No, but if you watch it, yeah, if you watch that again, his, his inside cleat comes down and pops the back wheel up. Boom. Interesting. And that's, yeah, that's part of nerves if you're trying to catch back up on a descent, so. Yep. Yeah. So that I think did not help his him stay away. But 
Well, those two are like doing their thing. Tony Gallopin is up the road. <laughs> Stealing the jersey. Oh, crazy break, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't yeah, that was not expected at all. It's just not how I expected that stage to go down at nope. all. And I mean, I just don't know if it's because Kwiatkowski just wasn't feeling so good. I mean, he even like when he rolled into the line with a group, he didn't even like he couldn't even stay with the group. He ended up like not even getting the same time as the group he came in with. He got like two seconds later. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't. Maybe he was just having an off day or maybe he's like, fuck it. I don't care anymore. I don't know. That was he's, weird. Yeah. And I, I, I've always thought of him as a classics type guy. Or the guy that can do really yeah, well in that type of race. So I don't see him as the leader or a specialist at the big long climbs. But right. I mean, he can do it when he needs to, but he's not going to be the one everybody's watching for that. Yeah. You know, he's, he's the guy that if he's in yellow, mm-hmm. he's going to have an outstanding ride to stay in yellow and, and hang with whoever he can hang with. But yeah, he's not a contador or a, Mm. he's no contador (laughs) at least not yet anyway right maybe someday um yeah so then like we talked about already I guess there was that final uphill cool days time Mm -hmm. trial today one by oh port crushed it (laughs) I would say generally I'm okay with port I, like oh, I hope he has a better year this year than last. Me too. Haha. <laughs> Cat went to go get some food and the food bowl was not where it is. And he kind of looked and he was staring at me accusingly because <laughs> the food bowl had been hey, moved. What's up with the food bowl? Yeah. He was like, this isn't right. <laughs> he's training you. <laughs> he's got me trained. Don't worry. I'm a fully trained cat lady. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up. Torino, Adriatico, and Lancao. Yeah. Oh, that. Right. But okay. as of today. Well, that's on you because I didn't watch a single That's okay. Single day of that. And Torino got a lot of talk because all of the favorites were supposed to be there. The I Contador Froome, Sagan, yep. uh, Quintana battle. One other guy. Yep. And Sagan has been consistent in getting second place, like he did in the tour. <laughs> and right now he's leading the points. Um, uh, see? Uh, Froome got sick and didn't show. And up till now, it's been kind of uneventful, I guess. I mean, there's been excitement, but I don't know. And today was a big mountain stage, and Quintana one in a it looked really beautiful one of those snow snowing you know the road's kind of covered in snow and you can see the tire tracks and yeah yeah it was it was pretty amazing and he laid it down i saw a tweet what was it something about him schooling the other everybody else there that made me happy i like him yeah i hope he has a good year and i mean i think he will but yeah so the surprise to me was nebly contador you know we're in a main group that didn't really react all that much. And it was huh. Balcom Molema and Rigoberto Uran who chased him up to the finish. So not, really? not the names that I was expecting on that kind of finish, but you know, they were 
they were going at it. So. No. But that's not over. They still have that is that is surprising. Two stages to go, I think. There's a time trial and I think a regular flat stage. There's like a lot. I don't know. It's not surprising. It's not that surprising to me that they weren't maybe like super active because I mean there's still a lot of season left. So. Oh yeah. I yeah. just feel like I'm not. Although I mean I guess Nibali has won it a couple times, but perhaps. I don't know. Just well, that's every year's different. That's why I think you and struggle with these. If there weren't a lot of these one weekers, is because yeah. the big names you don't know if they're looking at them to say I'm going to win this and win everything I enter this season, or if they're just saying this is a tune-up and I'm going to see how I do. Yep, I agree. Because there's guys that are focused on that race, and there's guys that are just taking it as oh, we'll see. It's a check. You know, we'll see what happens. I feel like the only race. Let's see. I want to say maybe the only race I can think of that's taken really seriously in terms of like the big GC guys wanting to win is the Dauphiné. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I can't really think of a another race, a one-week race that's like... I'm opening up the calendar now because I really <laughs> want to look and see if there's anything I'm missing. <laughs> you're, you're looking for the Tour of California. That's um, your favorite race. Oh, yeah, right. That's yeah, the one for everybody sure, takes for sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I guess um, kind of on that line, though, I would say the disappointment, if, I don't know, that maybe that's too rough a word, was TJ Van Garderen for me. Perry Nice, you know, there's an article saying, yeah. I'm 100% focused on Perry Nice. And then he just kind of showed up not that great. And then they said, you know, mm-hmm. so I lost some time. So I kind of lost some motivation. So it's like, at the end, you can look back and go, oh, he just wasn't taking it as seriously. But then when you look at what he was saying before it, it's like, okay, maybe he thought he was. But I'm getting down on him too much. He's only 26. Yeah. He's got, you know, three more seasons before he hits that prime of 29 to 32. Yeah. So, he's, you know, he's still young. It's okay. I got to back off on TJ. Yeah. Stop being so harsh. <laughs> Get off his I don't ass. Andy Schleckham. <laughs> Don't Andy Put too much him. pressure on the guy. Uh, I know. Okay, sorry. I was looking at the calendar. and it, Yeah. Dauphiné and then maybe like Tour de Suisse. Yeah. But even so, those are... I would say those are the main two. Those are tune-ups. You know, they could be tune-ups for the Grand Tour. So... Yeah, it's true. But I feel like if there's any one-week race that there's... Because you think like... I don't know. I feel like the the people who want to win like the tour they will make a they will make a concerted effort to win or to perform well right. in the Dauphiné and or Tour de Suisse so i feel like those like cuz you always hear about that too you know oh they're riding the Dauphiné and they're doing that you know like when Wiggins won and then when like like when everybody wins you know they always look at oh how did they do in the Dauphiné mm-hmm. so i feel like both the Dauphiné and the Tour de Suisse are far enough out that they can be seen as like legit good warm-up races, and I think those are the only two week-long races I feel like they they bother. That I feel like consistently, if the big names are in there, they're in it because we're all focused on the tour. Those are the big, but yeah. all the other those are the big ones, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so feed me. <laughs> basically no it wasn't it because he just went and he found his oh. food so i don't know so you moved my cheese <laughs> yeah basically 
Knock it off. I think he's generally disgruntled with me. I feel like his like his natural state is like being slightly disgruntled with That's me. That's the definition <laughs> of cat. Come on. Exactly. That's what you get for naming him cat. <laughs> Keeps it simple. He likes it. <laughs> he's like, it's so meta. I love it. <laughs> he has definitely said that to me before. <laughs> All right. Am I missing anything? Did I leave That's anything it. out? I feel like now I feel like we're done. All right. Good. Okay. Well, uh, maybe next week if or well, I don't know when the next one will be, but for our next <laughs> episode, if you're really lucky, maybe we'll talk about the Cirque Report. That'll be the tour follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> tour, yeah. <laughs> if if things go the way they have Get your been fantasy going, teams in, everybody. Podcast. Don't miss the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If things have been going the way they have been going, then the next one could be the tour wrap up. So, yeah. <laughs> no, this is a whole new season. Anna's promised we're going to have all kinds of interviews. We're going to have all kinds of new segments. There's so many things to look forward to. Sure. So if you've made it to this point, keep listening. <laughs> Stop promising for things listening. that cannot deliver, yeah. Jeff. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Um, sticking with us. <laughs> Coming back. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Blooming Cyclist. Um, I'm C Fiddy, C underscore F I D D Y. And leave us comments, leave us questions, leave us suggestions yes. to make it better. Yeah, you can, uh, you, yeah, you can tweet at the podcast at Pelotonitis as well. If you are so inclined. And that is also where I generally live tweet. So if you are a person that enjoys that kinds of witty comments about the race <laughs> happenings, then you should. Hey, props that to that last one. You did a good job on, <laughs> I forget what race it was, but. Oh, did yeah, I? I thought so. Let's see. What, what was. I know. Wait, I'm trying to remember the last one that I did. Because sometimes people throw in a couple things here and there and then Ostrata. they drop out. And yeah, I was able to really follow what was going on. That was good. Yeah. If I'm watching, I'm watching. Like in Strada Bianca. Well, that's my problem. Is I, I think get wrapped up and that then was it's the... like, okay, I'll wait five seconds. Nope. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Missed that thought. Well, what was a little frustrating is that my... F- right. Gone. What what was a little frustrating is that my feed was a little... It can sometimes be a little bit behind and that makes live tweeting kind of like, what's the yeah. point? But I do really love, like, tweeting while it's happening. It's fun. It's a lot of work, honestly. Like, you know, don't knock it because it's, it's a lot of work to live tweet. But it also forces me to pay attention. <laughs> Otherwise, I get way too distracted by other things and barely pay attention. So I'm like, if I'm live tweeting, then I have to pay attention to what's actually happening. So Pay attention. Okay. Man. Now we are finally done. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you again at some point in the soon. future. <laughs> soon. I, don't promise <laughs> soon. Come on. <laughs> Eventually, no promises, in the future. No <laughs> at some point. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>